Yo, what is going on? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be talking about 10 must-add waiver wire pickups for week number 5 of the 2023 fantasy football season, as well as a couple of honorable mentions at the end of the video. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, then please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. While you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure to leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X. Please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you want my weekly rankings or an answer to any of the questions you guys may have, make sure to check out the Patreon link in the video description or in the pinned comment for $7.50 a month. So without further ado let's get into my week number five top 10 must add waiver wire pickups we begin with my number one waiver wire ad of the week Jamison Williams wide receiver of the Detroit Lions going up against the Carolina Panthers this week at home in Detroit Jamison Williams is currently owned in 16.3% of leagues on ESPN and 48.7% of leagues on NFL now Jamison Williams should be suiting up for his first start of the 2023 NFL season this week after the league adjusted his suspension due to a change last week in the NFL's gambling policy. Now it has been made very clear, crystal clear by head coach Dan Campbell that Jamison Williams is not going to play a majority of snaps. Now Dan Campbell said today, if he does play, now, I think he's going to play, right? It would be kind of shocking if they didn't roll Jamison Williams out there after his suspension got reduced. He can't play 60 plays. So I assume he does play, and he's out there for maybe one-third or half of the snaps. They are going to use the just-the-tip technique with Jamison Williams, right? They're not going to jam him in there balls deep. They are going to slowly ramp up his snap share in this offense, and that's fine. Right? Because when you pick up Jamison Williams, you know that. You're not throwing him out there to the dogs this week against the Panthers. You're not just instantly inserting him into your lineup and expecting production. Now, on his limited snap share, could he find his way on into the end zone 100% due to the fact that he's incredibly speedy and he is a great wide receiver? Yes, he could score and could have a decent fantasy day. But ultimately, when you pick him up, you're going to understand that he's not playing a majority of the snaps and that you should probably sit him even up against a subpar Panthers defense. We have seen Khalif Raymond and Josh Reynolds look amazing in this offense. I get Jamison Williams doesn't have a CVS receipt worth of games played in the NFL, right? He's barely even started in his NFL career after getting drafted in the 2022 NFL draft. But I'm not going to say that he has zero upside. I think this guy has league-winning upside in an offense that has been humming to the degree of the Detroit Lions. I think Jamison Williams is a great receiver. Sure, Amon Ross St. Brown is still the locked and loaded number one. But I still think that Jamison Williams has a lot of upside as the number two in this offense. Moving to the number two waiver wire ad, C.J. Stroud of the Houston Texans. Going up against the Atlanta Falcons in Hotlanta. 32% owned on ESPN and 35 0.4% owned on NFL Fantasy. So at this point, if CJ Stroud is still available on your waiver wire, I don't give a shit who your starting quarterback is. You need to add CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud is a great piece to potentially add in a trade if you're looking to trade for another player. And he's also just a great backup quarterback, especially if you have a kind of middle of the road starting quarterback. If you're rolling out Geno Smith every single week, then CJ Stroud is a guy that you need on your roster because this guy has 
has been downright incredible. I know week one up against the Baltimore Ravens, obviously things didn't go too well. The Texans offensive line is as a whole is kind of a disaster. Now they are getting Tunsil and another piece back, I believe, this week against the Falcons, which will help out CJ Stroud a ton, but the offensive line still won't be amazing, but that didn't really appear to matter too much for Stroud last week up against an incredibly strong Pittsburgh Steelers defense, where Stroud finishes the quarterback 10-16 completions on 30 attempts for 306 yards and two touchdowns, four rushes for 16 yards, three straight games with over 20 points, including 280-plus yards in all those games, and two touchdowns. I personally thought it would take some time for C.J. Stroud to be integrated into the NFL. I thought it would take maybe half the year, maybe even the full season, and this guy's a guy that we're talking about about as a sleeper in 2024 fantasy football drafts, but his time is right now, right? Like that John Cena song, the time is up, the time is now, you can't see me. You know what I'm talking about? CJ Stroud is looking incredible. He's got a matchup against a pretty mid Falcons defense this week. Nico Collins, Hank Dale, even Robert Woods all contributing on offense. I think C.J. Stroud has the potential to be a league-winning quarterback. And again, if he's available in your league, you need to not just walk to the waiver wire, run there and get him right now. At number three, we move to Joshua Palmer, wide receiver of the L.A. Chargers on a bye this week. 47% owned on ESPN, 28.9% owned on NFL. So obviously, if you need a waiver wire wide receiver pickup this week because you got a couple of guys on bye and you need someone to fill into your lineup, then Joshua Palmer is obviously not that because he is on a bye with the Chargers. But if you can afford to put him on your bench, wait until week six to start him, then you might have found some potential gold on the waiver wire. Last week up against the Raiders. I expected a little bit better of a game out of Palmer, but he was still the wide receiver 34, three receptions on eight targets for 77 yards. The Raiders in the second half were playing real close with the Chargers. It looked like it was going to be a blowout early on, but then the Raiders kind of woke up and the Chargers started choking like they always do. And while I am a Quentin Johnston stan, who we're going to be talking about next, he's the number four waiver wire ad, spoiler alert, it still appears that Palmer's the number two behind Keenan Allen. He seems to have a great rapport with Justin Herbert, the pervert. And if this Chargers offense continues to be solid, then there's no reason why Joshua Palmer can't be a weekly starting wide receiver in your lineup. Next up, we got Quentin Johnston. Now, I was kind of shocked. I was looking at the ownership percentage that Quinton Johnston was owned in 52.7% of leagues on ESPN and 50.1% on NFL. I figured more people would have hopped on the Josh Palmer bandwagon last week. So wide receiver 85 in PPR on the week against the Raiders. One reception on three targets for 18 yards. Now he did see his highest number of snaps on the year with 33. And I feel like going forward, they are going to utilize Quinton Johnston more, especially since they are coming out of the bye. Now there's a chance. What I think should happen is Brandon Staley should go watch the tape and realize that, hey, Quinton Johnston is better than Joshua Palmer. And we are going to roll Quinton Johnston out there as the wide receiver too, in terms of targets. And then Quinton Johnston is amazing. But we all know Brandon Staley is a little bit of a stooge. And while that is a hope for me, and I'm very hopeful that that could happen, it might be a pipe dream 
at this point. So I'm still adding Quentin Johnston, but if I'm being honest, if I'm calling a spade a spade, I still feel more confident in Joshua Palmer. Next up, we move to Jalen Warren, running back of the Pittsburgh Steelers, going up against the Baltimore Ravens this week at home in Pittsburgh. This game, they'll likely be without Kenny Pickett and kissing titties. Mitchell Trubisky should be under center. 59.9% owned on ESPN, 43.4% owned on NFL. I know he is owned in a lot of leagues, so we're going to kind of just freeze past him real quick. Running back 16 on the week at the Houston Texans, eight rushes for 29 yards, six receptions on six targets for 26 yards. And all season fucking long, this guy has been eating Najee Harris alive. But like Tomlin, Matt Olkanida, they refuse to make changes. Now, it appears that what based upon what Mike Tomlin said yesterday, that Matt Canada may be on the way out, and maybe by tomorrow, Matt Canada is gone from the Pittsburgh Steelers. But right now, he is still there. But I will note that we're making progress. This is the first time this season that Najee and Jalen Warren have seen identical snaps with 29, meaning that Warren might actually have a chance to become the starter. I thought I would never see this happen. I thought that Matt Canada and Mike Tomlin were married to Najee Harris, right? They were just in love, erect with the thought of the fact that they have a quote-unquote workhorse running back in Najee Harris. But the snap share from last week shows us that this is a team that might actually have enough brain cells to rub together to start Jalen Warren over Najee Harris. If that becomes the case, then you are going to be very happy that you picked up Jalen Warren. But again, it is still important to note that that's not guaranteed to happen. And maybe Jalen Warren was only in the game more because they were getting the shit beat out of them by the Houston Texans and they wanted Jalen Warren to catch more passes. At number six, we got Jalil McLaughlin, running back of the Denver Broncos, got up against the Jets this week at home in Denver. 6.9% owned on ESPN. Very nice, I like. And 0.3% owned on NFL. If you've enjoyed this video so far, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button down below if you are new. Javante Williams is not expected to miss serious time and may even play this week. So it is very important for you to understand that you should wait until Tuesday night to find out more information on Javante. If it appears Javante is going to play, then you probably don't want to pick up Khalil McLaughlin. But if you know, this is, then if you are Javante owner, regardless, you should add Jaleel. But if you are not, and you're kind of just looking for someone off the waiver wire, there's not a 100% chance that Jaleel ends up having a lot of value this week anyways, even if he's the starter up against the Jets. Now, he did outwork Samaj P. Ryan after Williams went down. I mean, Samaj P. Ryan has just been a huge swing and a miss this season. A lot of people, myself included, kind of believe that uh, head coach Sean McPayton, uh, not Sean McPayton, like Sean McVay and Sean Payton had a fucking love child, but Sean Payton previously kind of worked with, you know, a two-back system. I like Javante a lot. I didn't really like Samaj P. Ryan, but I thought we would see more P. Ryan, and he has just been invisible. So running back 10 on the week versus the Bears in Chicago, seven rushes for 72 yards, three receptions on three targets for 32 yards, and a score. He essentially did what I thought that Javante Williams would have done if Javante Williams didn't get fucking hurt, right? Any running back, I don't care if it's you or me, any of us could run for 70 yards and a score up against a garbage Chicago Bears defense. So there are levels to this, right? The Jets defense is significantly better than the Denver Broncos defense against both the pass and the runner up against the Chicago Bears defense compared to the Jets, right? The Chicago Bears defense is bottom of the barrel.
So again, Jaleel is a guy to add if you have Javante. If we figure out tomorrow it's a little bit more clear Javante is going to miss, then go ahead and pick up Jaleel, right? But unless you're dealing with some down bad buy situations or your running backs are just hurt, there's really no reason to start Jaleel McLaughlin up against the Denver or up against the Jets for the Denver Broncos, right? We know that the Broncos looked good last week, but this might be a unmitigated disaster up against a much stronger Jets defense. Moving to waiver wire at number seven, Jake Ferguson of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the 49ers in San Francisco. 24.5% owned on ESPN, 9.7% owned on NFL. He was the tight end four last week against the Patriots. The Dallas Cowboys absolutely eviscerated the New England Patriots last week. They bent Mac Jones and friends over a table. And it was just a defensive effort, right? It's not like Dak Prescott went out there and carved the defense up. Dak did look good. I'm not trying to shit on Dak Prescott, but he didn't have to do anything. Tony Pollard didn't have to do anything. C.D. Lamb didn't really have to do anything. The defense just dominated them from the first whistle until the very end of the game. That Cowboys defense that was snoozing, sleeping like fucking Snorlax in Pokemon woke up. Like a mighty giant in week four, right? Week three against the Cardinals, they got their shit pushed in. They got thrown into a locker by a bully, right? But then last week, they bounced back. Tight end four on the week, like I said in PPR. Seven receptions on seven targets for 77 yards. Three of four games this season, he has had seven targets or more. Now, this is not a great matchup against the 49ers. The 49ers defense is rock solid against the tight end position. and. I get the tight end position is like fucking Weenie Hut Juniors at this point in the NFL season, right? So I might even list Jake Ferguson as a start. But he's a bottom of the barrel start this week because of the matchup against the Niners. But going forward, Ferguson appears to be a guy that is a must-start tight end because even when this Dallas Cowboys offense is kind of stunting on teams, right? The defense is just dancing on the grave of the Patriots. We're still seeing Ferguson get a high amount of targets before we move on into waiver wire ads, eight, nine, and 10, and then get on into the honorable mentions. I would like to give you guys a word for our friends, our sponsor over at under Dog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe. And Underdog has a great offer for you guys today that we're going to be talking about in just a couple of seconds. If you are new to Underdog Fantasy and don't know how the Pick'em game works, all you have to do is pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams. So we're talking about Monday Night Football tonight, the Seattle Seahawks at the New York Football Giants. So in this spot, I really like Kenneth Walker the third higher than 64 and a half rushing yards. The Giants defense is pretty suspect and Kenneth Walker has been running incredibly well. We are going to have to mix that with one of the Giants player props and we are going to go with Darren Waller higher than 47 and a half receiving yards. I know Darren Waller has been in a little bit of a slump but I think he bounces back here up against a less fortunate Seattle Seahawks defense. We are going with two picks here so that would get us three times our entry fee. If we use three picks it'd be six times, four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times your entry fee. Until October 4th, Underdog Fantasy is giving you guys a first match deposit bonus of up to $500. So you deposit $500 they give you an additional $500. If you want to do 100 it's additional 120 additional 25 minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is ten dollars you have to be living on one of these states that are on your screen right now and if you have a gambling problem make sure you call 1-800-GAMBLER make sure you use the link in the video description or promo code notorious for that first match deposit bonus until october 4th of up to 500 dollars
Back on into things here, we move to waiver wire ad number eight, Chuba Hubbard of the Carolina Panthers, going up against the Detroit Lions in Detroit. 17.9% owned on ESPN, 8.9% owned on NFL. Running back 31 on the week versus the Minnesota Vikings. 14 rushes for 41 yards, two receptions on two targets for 12 yards. Now, the reason why Hubbard looked good and Sanders didn't might be because Sanders was banged up with the groin injury, right? Week four snap share against the Minnesota Vikings again, against a pretty bad defense, let's be honest. I know the Vikings defense looked good against the Panthers, but as a whole, the Vikings might be one of the worst five teams in the NFL defensively. Chuba had 54% of the snaps, Sanders 43%. So again, I'm not saying if you have Miles Sanders, it's time to mayday, wee-woo, 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 start fucking smashing the panic button, right? Start shitting yourself. But it's time to, if you have Miles Sanders, probably pick up Chuba Hubbard in case Chuba Hubbard cucks over Miles Sanders and becomes lead back again. I'm not overreacting yet because Miles Sanders was banged up and we knew that going into the game. But Sanders hasn't been that impressive this season to where Hubbard couldn't potentially surpass him. At number nine, we got my boy Tyler. Yeah, Boyd going up against the Cincinnati, or of the Cincinnati Bengals, going up against the Arizona Cardinals. In Arizona, wide receiver of the Bengals, obviously, 43.1% owned on ESPN, 18.1% owned on NFL. Tyler Boyd was a guy that we talked about a bunch in the fantasy offseason. Not as a guy that you want to draft, but as a guy that is kind of a clear stay away for me. Now, Tyler Boyd, every single week, when Chase and Higgins are in, assuming that Joe Burrow hasn't looked like Dick Cheese like he's looked this season, Boyd is a guy that's going to get you 8 to 12 points pretty much every single game. Never going to wow you, never going to really disappoint you unless there's an injury to Tee Higgins or Jamar Chase. So I said, you know what? While Boyd does have the skill and if Boyd was on another team, he'd probably be the number two receiver and he would be very fantasy relevant in Cincinnati. It is best to avoid him. But now it appears that T. Higgins is reported to miss some time with a rib fracture. Now Higgins himself says he could play this week, but every player says that, right? They're hurt. They're like, oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to be good to go. Don't you worry about it. I'm going to be fine for week five. I'm going to play and then they end up missing. Now, the only guy that people worried about missing and then played was Joe Burrow. And I think Jamar Chase is sick of this shit. Jamar Chase was complaining like a motherfucker in the press conference after that week four loss, a shellacking by the Tennessee Titans. The Titans dicked them down. He was pissed. He was mad. And... I get it, but Joe Burrow's clearly not healthy. So again, while Tyler Boyd is an interesting ad, wide receiver 54 last week against Tennessee, four receptions on seven targets for 26 yards. And look, if you're down bad at receiver, go ahead and pick him up and play him, right? If you lost Higgins, go ahead and pick him up. But with how bad Joe Burrow has looked and how inept this Bengals offense looks, can you even trust Boyd? If you told me going into the season, T. Higgins could miss two or three games, right? Who knows if he will? He might not even miss one fucking game. But if you told me that, I'd be like, holy shit, I would be ecstatic to have Tyler Boyd. But right now, where we're sitting in week five, he's almost pass on Tyler Boyd. At number 10, we got Michael Wilson, the wide receiver of the Arizona Cardinals, going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. 1.4% owned on ESPN, 0.2% owned on NFL. Wide receiver six on the week at the San Francisco 49ers. Seven receptions on seven targets for 76 yards and two scores. Now, he has looked solid all year. But this was his first game where they really incorporated him into the offense, right? He was getting a couple of targets every game, right? But nothing special enough to where you'd want to start Michael Wilson, right? This is his first game with more than four targets. So if he keeps this up, 
he might be start worthy in the future. But we're still in a scenario where we're like in basically purgatory of Joshua Dobbs, Joshua throw up a Dobb going up against Kyler Murray, right? Which one is it going to be? This week, I assume it's Dobbs. But two weeks from now, it might be Kyler. How healthy will Kyler be? What will Kyler's rapport be with Michael Wilson? So if you're in a deeper league, go ahead and add Michael Wilson. He does look better than Rondell Moore. I don't think he looks better than Hollywood Brown. But still, he's a player that you might want to add because, again, this Arizona Cardinals offense has shocked everyone, right? The Bengals... And the Arizona Cardinals have basically done a 180 on everyone's expectations on them going into the year, right? The Bengals were a team, Super Bowl contenders. Now, they still could be. Not saying that they're dead in the fucking water, flopping like a flish, like a flish, like a fish out of water. But what I will tell you is that this isn't the Cincinnati Bengals team that we thought we were going to get entering into the season. They look bad. The Arizona Cardinals were a team that everyone expected to just beat down on, right? The Arizona Cardinals, you could just, they're a free win. Now, I don't think anyone thought they were going to go 0-17, but right, maybe they get three wins on the season. But this is a team that has been playing winning football. Now, they haven't won very many games, of course, but they are in these games, right? Even up against the 49ers, I get they lost, right? But they were playing well. They don't have any quit in them. Even when they're losing, even when they're down, they're still trying to crawl back into the game, and I respect that. So again, Michael Wilson in deeper leagues, definitely an ad. Moving now to the honorable mentions. Cole Komet, tight end of the Chicago Bears, going up against the Washington Commanders in Washington on Thursday night football. Now, this might be an aberration. It might be Fugazi, a wazi, a woozy of the Bears going against the Broncos, and the Bears look great, but the Commanders' defense isn't all that special either, and I think Komet might be able to get it wet yet again. But again, do I trust him? Not enough to put him in the actual top 10 part of the video. Marvin Mimsy of the Broncos going up against the Jets. Bad matchup, but Mims continues to flash. He continues to look good. The problem is, and we've been talking about this for fucking weeks, is that while Marvin Mims looks good, Sean Payton, who has a fucking hole in his head, continues to not up Marvin Mims' snaps. Once Marvin Mims gets elevated to a much higher snap share than even with the Denver Broncos being a disaster, Mims would be start-worthy. But you just can't do it right now because of the amount of snaps that he gives. Sam Howell, quarterback of the Commanders going up against the Bears. The Bears' defense is terrible. Bottom of the barrel, Sam Howell had a pretty solid game, if I'm being honest with you, up against the Eagles, a game that they could have won if Ron Rivera had an ounce of balls on him and went for two instead of sending it to overtime like a fucking dumbass. But hey, Sam Howell has been looking good. I know he played pretty bad in week number three, but besides that, pretty solid all season. Uh, again, it was against the Bills. The Bills' defense is really so sam howell bounce back game against the eagles and then he's gonna play good again up against the bears romeo dobbs of the green bay packers going up against the las vegas raiders in las vegas now christian watson didn't play a full percentage of snaps he is going to get more snaps this week i would assume aaron jones is gonna play more snaps so dobbs is a guy that you play in he's like a firecracker he could easily get three points against the raiders or he could get 15 he looks good but they also have Jaden reed who looks good they've got a lot of great receivers in green bay and then final honorable mention zach charbonnet who is playing tonight up against the giants by week for the seahawks this week in week five but if something was to happen to kenneth walker tonight you might end up now again knock on wood we don't root for injuries you might end up being very excited that you picked up zach 
start bonus. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button down below as well. If you guys want to check out my Patreon, it is for $7.50 a month. Link in the video description. I answer all of your guys' questions on there and as well as post my weekly rankings. I hope you guys all have a great one. If you didn't watch my defenses to stream for week number five video, make sure you guys check that out video on the screen right now. Love you guys. Have a great one. As always, good boys.